0: Back to this is Hardcore podcast. You just heard off the tracks. That track is Different Worlds. It's a new four song demo, just released. Bob Wilson and the Gang. Bob keeping up with the Mother Mercy kind of thing, maybe with the numbering of the demos, or maybe it's just because what the fuck you gonna name a demo? Might as well call it Demo Two. Now I might be reading into some of this shit, but uh. Check out the lyrics on this, at least for me, thinking about things. Maybe everything is perspective-based, and I do like when a band doesn't really tell you specifically what they're saying. They leave it kind of open for interpretation, but two separate worlds, so stay out of mind. Same fucking story, I've heard it before. you think you're above this, I'll help you with the door. None of this means anything to you. When it all comes crashing down, I'll laugh right in your face. Right in your fucking face. None of this means anything to you. And I don't know what he's talking about. And He's one of my closest friends in the world. Haven't asked him about it. I just got a chance to download and check this fucking demo out. But I like when hardcore bands aren't trying to win mayor or on a fucking election and can say some shit like this. And no one has ever done a better job in the history of the Pennsylvania area and in modern hardcore than Bob of just being an angry motherfucker who has no problem saying what's on his mind. And that's why we love him. So before we get really long-winded and into a plethora of things that all kind of tie in, we're going to go over some Philly Hardcore show stuff because it's important. Tomorrow, Seed of Pain, Simulacra, Killing Me, Off the Tracks and Last Wishes. Now, you'd be a fool to miss this one pretty simple you'd be a fucking fool so don't be one make sure to get your ass out to the show it's going to be it's i mean there's a lot of times especially towards the end of summer because in philly you get that post this is hardcore like slow down but i'm telling you this shit is fucking gonna be awesome i'm excited just to see everybody again it's been a, a rough couple weeks for myself and uh getting back into this whole thing Make sure to go to Philly HD shows on Instagram, Twitter, and on our website. Also, Jesus Christ, we have a lot of shows. God bless Bob Wilson. God bless Ben Soupy, AXBx Chris. All the everyone putting things together. Next Saturday, or no, next Friday actually. It is selling us fire in the blood, street struck, scrutinizing less men out. Then we have. Another show, Fraud, Please Die, Without Peace, Bridge Under Fire, and Common Icon. That's at the media VFW on the Saturday. And then I guess this is a Sunday matinee, Concrete, Gloves Off, Street Struck, Pure Bliss, Born From Demise. And then this is one right around, I guess it be Labor Day weekend. Media VFW again, Reaching Out, Killing Me, Garote, and Crashing Down. Then the next day, Not One Truth, Conduit, and Last Man Out. September 9th at the Yuki, we got the Casey Shrine, Sanguis Sugabag, Body Boxing Gloves Off. Then we have Montclair, Big Shot, Deal With God, nine eleven. We got Creeping Death, November 12th, with 200 Stab Wounds, Age of Apocalypse, Samalaka, Tribal Grease. Then we have the Photo Club, Ultralight, Paradox Blonde, Holy Mountain. So this show is constantly, constantly, constantly coming. Make sure to check out FreelyHardcoreShows.com. Make sure you support the Instagram and the Twitter. And um, keep hitting us. If you're a new band, you want to play, hit people up. We have tons of shows. So much more going on. And we're I think we're maybe two weeks out from Bob Wilson's great announcement of FYA. Carrying on the amazing legacy of... His fucking hard work In Florida Giving us the beginning of the year A weekend of hardcore And just seeing some of the bands That end up some of these days Is absolutely going to be something That everyone's going to go to So support And uh, Life isn't always easy And Sometimes I have to know When I can't push myself Harder than I can So I took last week off Work stuff Life stuff I just was and she kills me, emotional, mental exhaustion, and I just needed a week, and I and it's hard because I said I, I was really trying to keep on schedule with this stuff, but I'd rather get a couple more hours of sleep and recuperate and rethink things, and just push forward and put out something that I would not enjoy. So sorry for anybody who misses the episode, and um, I don't know, I think with I think right now if. I'm maybe only two or three weeks away from Where I should be at a hundred episodes But because I missed a couple weeks But it is what it is Today we are going to be Talking about Some things in hardcore that I think come, come off In the social media Space as More aggressive Than if they could hear these words So some of the things that really have been like running through my head is the weird way that people communicate on social media. And then some of the things that I've seen and some of the ideas that I've had regarding hardcore, which we probably already talked about on here. Maybe I didn't, but needless to say, I just want to jump into some stuff. We'll ramble on a little bit and then I'll let you guys go. All right. So when this is hardcore started, Two thousand and six I had this nice little write up and it was like this is just a hardcore show, nothing like a giant festival with insane reunions and rock star attitudes and I was hoping to find via the Google because I can't find it. But it was something to the effect of that where initially our lineup and our announcement were pretty much tied in around the idea of having things be structured completely around, Oh, here here's a line, no big money marketing scams, no mall marketing, no pretentious pecking order, just awesome bands, an excellent venue put together by hardcore kids who are active participants in our scene year round. I might have said something about no reunions and stuff like that, but... Everybody who is aware of hardcore music, a fan of it, whatever, they have the opportunity, at any given time, to do something towards a goal of their own aesthetic pleasing or their own traditional, whatever their value set is. And then what really happens is, in time... Whether it's success or failure, whatever the inertia that started it off, things shift and change. So, a guest of our show who I still haven't done a part two with Mike Gitter, and wrote something about the last Sound of Fury and said, "Like this is amazing," and there was no reunions, just current bands, and I, I felt. A little like, oh damn, dog. What, what, what are you saying, dog? But I mean, the thing to recall is that anytime someone does something in hardcore, they're gonna do it with their own eyes. And in fact, anyone listening who hasn't done anything, whether you want to start a zine, draw a flyer, book a show, stop starting new bands. Please don't start new bands. There's too many. They all. <laughs> I always say that every time, but it's the truth. Uh. You're gonna do it in your own vision And ultimately I started off Saying that because I felt as if Some of the attention At the time in 2006 Wasn't put towards The bands hustling and the bands grinding And it was in Too much of the over established bands And I thought What really needs to happen in hardcore Is to take things back to when You know it is more of a working class, smaller, hardcore thing at the beginning. But it was real. You know, we got lucky. But then, you know, 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009. Well, 2010, Sheer Terror wanted to do a reunion. And uh, being a lifelong fan of Sheer Terror, we did it. And now we did it. And the following, That that was a Friday night headliner. The Sunday was... A benefit for Max, who's a son of a member of Credit as Cult, was attached to the Inna Dagger family. And so the Dagger decided to do a reunion with Jeff Rickley of Thursday and in the place of Sean, who had passed. And we also had Blacklisted, and we had Dynamite and... You know, that's what Philly does, comes together for a benefit, money was raised, the kid got the cancer treatment he needed, and life moves on. But the fest was already growing, and so we had a little bit more appeal to people to start saying, like, hey, why don't you try to get this band to play, or why don't you try to get that band to play, and then 2012, the Rev thing happened, and then all the reunions were out of the bag. I think we spent the last 10 years, 2012 to 2022, exhausting the resources of bands that people love from hardcore who haven't played yet. So it also really isn't tenable to find too many bands that haven't played in the last 10 to 15 years that would be somewhat interesting to see at this stage. So I think it's safe to say that most fests have to return to focusing on the bands and as a festival promoter for last 10 or last 16 years the hardest thing is finding the headliner the name that's going to be on top but it really is the meat in the middle of the pie and the opening bands that really drive it and that was the success for this is hardcore this year the The upper bands did their role and performed well and ended the set and each night fantastically but it's the meat of the pie in the opening bands. It really makes something special. But it's also the camaraderie and it's the settings and it's the people. And everybody who does their fest is gonna do it their way. So I saw Gitter say that I'm like, damn dog, <laughs> why are you going there? And there was a lot of there was a lot of social media regarding Santa of Fury, and they and there should be. The thing was a massive event, massive success, and kudos to them. I think the thing that needs to be understood whenever somebody does something is there's never one right way to do something and what is done by fya will not be done by ldb whatever's done by ldb will not be done by this is hardcore and the same thing for santa fury and it's in these direct differences that give each event what it really has for the audiences. Locally, the ones who travel, and for the bands. would be kind of weird if, you know, there's probably like four or five, maybe this year was probably six or seven bands at the most, who play both Sound and Fury, This Is Hardcore, maybe as well as FYA, six at the most. Maybe only five, who the fuck knows. But it's good that each band who gets to play all these things has a different feel for each one of them because they all have their own special thing. And in relating to that, I was just thinking about stuff in hardcore that I think people who are just internet heads, they lose track of. And so if you didn't look at the artwork of this episode, then um, this is a good time to take a shot at it. Because for me, the coolest thing about hardcore is the ability for every person in it to go ahead and to put an impact so top left hand corner is failure rules. I kept the posted note cuz I'm corny like that and I, Andy's been a friend for me since I was 15 years old. Andrew Thorpe, king of Thorpe Records, who is for Rang. He's always been a great writer and he uh, has a great book. I don't even know if this is legal, I'm illegally allowed to talk about it, but since it's hardcore fucking it, I'm going to do it. Eventually I'm going to have him on the show. We're gonna discuss this book. I'm about two, two thirds of this book in. Maybe only half. Gonna see where I'm at. My bookmark somewhere around half. It's lengthy. It's I mean, damn near 400 pages. I think, and it's fantastic. And there's a lot of really great wisdom that I think that people could gain from it. And we're definitely gonna have on the show. Then we have this book by Adam Wilson. Not so much a well-known book, I don't think, but. Fucking fantastic book! This looks like it was self released, even though it has his ISBN number, and I definitely recommend it. The journey through LA punk rock gangs, safety and numbers book was fucking fantastic. And then the bottom two. This is the Rebirth fanzine, which came out right at this is hardcore. And I, I mean, there's a fucking picture, literally a fucking brick house, a band from our neighborhood. And here it is, you know, Bob Wilson giving credence to all the PA hardcore bands: Frey Train, Upper Hand, Cannon, Brickhouse, and Christ. And he did a great job of legacy, talking to these bands, and this is a fantastic, completely, completely, completely '90s looking fucking zine when it well, was, you know it's stapled together, it's white print, it's fucking fantastic, easy to read, and I think, um, I absolutely think that you need this, you really do, you really fucking do, Um, and it's just cool to see zines returning, and uh, there's a great picture of the Ninth Circle guys all at Some show that we were all at for sure. I can't tell the background exactly where the hell we were at, but just one of these fucking like great fucking moments to see everybody back on this picture. Just fucking fantastic. Some old friends, some dead friends. And then this is a brand new fucking fanzine. Uh, Nikki out of Los Angeles annihilated the high end of quality, like the glossy, I don't know I don't know how they did it but god bless them for doing this. You know, uh the amount of glossy awesome pictures and presentation this just feels like when people really start to put a lot of effort into zines. And some great interviews, interesting things to cover stuff from Spirit Cramp, uh, spiritual cramp to um, Dan Danny Mahoney just fantastic and was gifted this by Nikki who said her zine's coming out and just another quality product and all of these things share one thing in common that beyond the hardcore scene is that the person had a, a dream and a vision to put something together and to make it fucking happen and they did it they did it to their means to their ability to their aesthetic values, culturally representing the aspects that they want to celebrate and support. And that's really the commonplace of anything that really happens for the most part. I'm not going to get negative yet, but I will get negative. The thing that comes with this is that understanding is you can look at the Safety in Numbers book and be like, oh, yeah, of course, this guy had to get a blah, 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 blah. There's always something... There's something negative you can take from any of this. To be honest with you, I loved reading this. And I loved the stories. I loved a lot of the little history. And I've added some serious fucking notes to conversations that I've been waiting to have with people from L.A. To just add a little another little depth to them. Just absolutely fucking fantastic. And then, you know... Uh, from my involvement in Hardcore crews, it's always interesting to read about things from way back. It's fucking fantastic. Um, Andrew King, I mean, the, there's so much cool shit, and I don't want to get too far ahead into that because we're going to have him on the show. But, I mean, not only is this book, like, legit, like, it feels like a fucking book. Fucking, you know, you could fucking... Bop somebody in the fucking head with this thing. And it it's cool as shit. The cover is cool. Everything great about it. And Andy's a really intelligent person. He went to college. And he really did a lot of work on this. So I think that to me, thinking about a friend who I've seen in the pit at shows for years, who became a record label guy, later put out a punishment record, to being involved in Lumberjack Distribution and Thorpe Records, to releasing a book. It's fucking fantastic to see someone cover something like this. Um, And even then, people could detract. Oh, you know, what is this? What is that? And yes, I decided to specifically juxtapose the look of the Rebirth fanzine with the Today Forever fanzine because they both came out relatively at the same time. Two completely different ideas two completely different aesthetics, and they both work. And in the world of the internet, you post this, and someone has to pick. Someone has to say, oh, this is good, this isn't good. Or someone has to come out and say, this is why I like this better. And, and, you know, presumptuously, you know, people make a lot of following statements after that, you know, like, oh, you know, like, well, if you say that, then this means this. It's like, I can say Santa Fe was a giant success for the event coordinators, the people who put it on, the bands who got to play, but it's not something aesthetically that I would even attach to being like, oh, this is like my perfect idea of a hardcore fest. It looked like a dusty Woodstock meets Warped Tour kind of thing. But everybody played, everybody had fun, so it was a positive success. Aesthetic value is important, and like we used to say in the (laughs) Sunny one time, people were talking shit about things I wouldn't book specifically wouldn't book certain bands by their opinions. Sunny's being that he was a moderator on Facebook back when people actually used Facebook, wrote well then book your own fest, and they took it as I said it, and everyone lost their fucking mind. And so maybe if I wasn't the guy doing This Is Hardcore and I went on Twitter and I said something like, oh, Santa Fury is cool and all, if you like blah, blah, blah. And then someone's like, well, then, you know, why don't you do that? And it's like, well, that's why I do the fest. I do my version and I don't hold, I don't, would never hold Santa Fury to that. Their shit was a success. The people who played were happy. The people who went to it loved it. And that's all that fucking matters. But it's in that gray area of the what-ifs. or Not so much the what-ifs, but the why's and the how's that get shit done. And the blueprint is already there. the And that ties back into when people are saying, like, just current bands and up-and-coming bands. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of really good upcoming bands. You know, the best of them sound like old hardcore bands. The best of them truly take some of the best inspiring shit. Like, you know, Mind Forest. just... Mike Shaw knows the leeway catalog back and forth, you know, and that New York hardcore sound is just so fucking prevalent in those riffs. Jay is a fucking master with timing and lyrics and just knowing what to sing over, what to let bounce. But Mind Forest being one of the powerhouses of the current day... Their stuff is deeply rooted in the past. So when people say things like, oh, no reunions, I'll say, no, it's not, it's not important to base an entire thing around the reunion. But let's not throw away the whole fucking past. Because there is a ton of internet crap birthed by people who spent more time listening to stuff via YouTube and creating micro genres. And that's how that stupid term beatdown came about. Some idiot on the internet wrote it. It's just um, just as dumb as the people who didn't have a term for all these uh, emo pop metal bands. So they started calling it post-hardcore. When we know quicksand and into another and all that stuff, that was post-hardcore. Can't be two separate things. One was there, but you know the poser is the person who in the early 2000s didn't know about what was going on 10 years before that. Didn't even know that was already a term but yet that term runs rampant and people still use it embarrassingly. It's always easy to ter- give terms to things. I've seen some kid talking about straight edge hardcore bands with X's and I'm like, oh, that's a hate Thousand sound. It's like, no, that's... Hate thousands is a fucking group of people from fucking Europe who were trying to sound like American bands. So it's not the same thing. And most people in America weren't at, playing in some of these Xx bands. They may have heard one or two of those bands, but not everybody was all about it because it's an anachronistic revision of hardcore that the internet does way too much of. And people like to create these micro genres or create these scenarios or just act like they know and it's like dude it, you know you're on YouTube you're a YouTube person. Go to a show, mosh for the band, start your own band, but don't speak from an experience that you don't have. Don't just try to genre, create a genre. You don't have to always know everything. I, I tell you all the time, I don't know shit. This is all opinion-based, and 9 eh, we're 20-something minutes into it, and I hope that you will disagree with at least half of what I said. But it needs to be said that a lot of the things in hardcore today shifts greatly. There's bands like the Raw Brigade The motherfuckers kill it. They are true to hardcore, true to the spirit of a band who just doesn't stop trying to figure out a way to push themselves. It's fucking so fantastic. Literally so fucking fantastic. And, um, I think that hardcore does need more of the Raw Brigade than the band that been around for not even a year. They've got a manager. They've got big guarantees, but they can't fulfill them. People still don't know who they are. But that's that new internet ideology. You're not going to be taken seriously if you have a manager. You're not going to be taken seriously unless you have a booking agent. No, you need to get signed. And it's just wrong. There's so many things that are wrong. Wrong because it doesn't make sense and it's not applicable. It's just commonly regurgitated fucking nonsense. And I really, there's a lot of that in the internet that just drove me fucking nuts. I see people every day, oh my God, you know, I never would have thought ever in my whole life my band would be playing with blah, blah, blah. It's like, yo, pussy, your band sounds like this. That bigger band that's important sounds like that you guys are working hard and you're playing in a town where people know you eventually you're going to open for them cuz that's fucking hardcore but there's been this gap where this internet shit has pushed people to over think and aggrandize and you know kind of put themselves over in a weird, humble way, like, this has been a greatest moment of my life, it's like, is it really, though, is it really, though, to open for some band, like, stop, I, 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 I'm a zennial, but at times, I feel like a boomer, because I just, I look at this stuff, and I just go, this is stupid, this is just semantics, and I'm actually glad that today's culture doesn't really write zines, because it'd be so fucking boring, or banal, or just jocking. I miss the part about zines, where people talk shit about demos, I've said this a million times, but zine culture of 1980s and then into the 90s would have broken the hearts of every person who has a band right now. No band was safe back then. Oh, you're a popular band? on Ricky records. Yeah, I wouldn't rip them apart. Oh, you're this uh, DIY band that kills it? Yeah, but you know, you guys suck and your recording sucks. Your IG is stupid and you're just trying to be some blah 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 band from 1986 anyway, so you suck. No, the zine writers were absolutely without a doubt the hardest motherfuckers in hardcore to the point where some of them had to hide their names and shit because we want to fuck them up but without that cynicism and criticism today everything every record comes out it's great every band kills it you can see a band playing in front of 10 people they kill it i've said all this shit before but it is stuff that it's like we keep going in these circles And, you know, again, going back to the reunion things, the good thing about reunions is that people get to see things like Judge. Texas is the reason. Youth of the Day. As we've talked to people on this podcast before, the Youth of the Day Break Down the Walls tour was life-changing for an entire generation of hardcore people. So Youth of the Day playing is important because that is a base foundation band. And... Too much of hardcore is losing its foundation, in my opinion. You know, I have to question somebody who tells me, oh, I just want to be in a fast hardcore band, but then you go on their stories and they're listening to Third Eye Blind and the most god-awful 90s grunge pop rock. It's like, are, are, you, are you really doing this? Is it really what you guys are about? <laughs> you know, can't trust these kids who listen to garbage because their parents sucked and those parents were squares and they listen to square music and raise their kids on square music to write angry punk music. They just go through the motions. But when you see the real deal, you get that fucking fire. And that's, it's something that really only happens to the younger kids. And a lot of the reason why I do some of the shows where I put some of these older bands on, it's not for the 30 year old. By 30, if you haven't figured out who Leeway is, you never really will. And, and you've wasted your life talking about hardcore if you don't fuck with Leeway anyway. But that being said, it's for the younger kids to get excited about a band. So I try not to trash people's dreams and make fun of them so I don't write shit on as much shit on the internet as I used to. So I don't have time to fight with anime Twitter anyway. And anyone dumb enough to argue with someone who's got an anime name or, or goofy anime thing and no real friends that you're just wasting time and what you should be investing your time in is shit that means something to you there's so many bands so many good people doing some awesome shit there's still new labels coming out there's people releasing tapes there's new people booking their own tours there's so many positive things to invest your time in that the internet and and going back and forth and arguing is a waste of time and and I jump in and say a thing or two, but then I got to get out of there because it gets dumb. The ideas expressed. You can't even trust that the people expressing them mean it. You don't know them. There's no point in any communication. But that being said, in my negative, <laughs> my whole negative derail, is that without Hardcore and its ability to not be controlled, everybody's going to do what they want. And you have the opportunity to do some really cool shit. Bob Wilson is a super fan of everything from this area and is a crate-digging fucking investigator. Dude could work for the fucking FBI. Unearthing cool shit, flyers, pictures. Just some of the coolest shit ever. He's managed to pull up uh, old flyers I made and just some of this cool shit. Uh, just, Just fucking great shit. You know, like literally... Just great shit that just made me really fucking happy to see. And yet at the same time, you go over to the fancy, beautiful fucking fanzine. That just brings me back to, holy fuck, this looks so sick. You've got top three, top bottom three, you know, the just crazy. This is like the shit. And you got Gibby. Mike Belfalco, Steve Martyr, Chris Wren, Chris Williams, you know, 8 Clip, you got some great shit, you know, there's just, uh, I always love interviews with like the pictures, and, and it doesn't hold up obviously in the podcast world now, but that's what makes a zine cool, because a year or two from now, somebody may see this at their friend's house, reading and go, oh I've never heard that band, and um, a whole thing on artwork regarding The Simpsons. Um, a great a great interview with Powerhouse. Great layouts. I mean, there's so many different ways to skin this cat that instead of spending the time bickering back and forth if something's 8,000 or beat down, spend your time creating. Take the time to say, hey, I want to do something. And if you don't know how to do it, you figure out the person who has done it and how they did it. Ask them questions. And push it forward. I, I think that hardcore would be in a much better place instead of if everybody was fanboying and fangirling over what people do if we became once again, a group of people who could do it themselves. you know, and I, I feel like that continues to get lost. whether we go back to one of my favorite recent topics of merch Cut Twitter, to not ban- bands not booking their own tours to bands obviously the, the vinyl situation so fucked that it's hard for a band to put out their own vinyl but it, it's not hard to see that you know the machinations of a bigger industry, pro-core like we talked about in our last episode has been infecting people's brains and We have to push back against that pro-core mentality and keep this shit rooted in the grassroots of where this whole thing came from. And, uh, you know, we can, you know, go back to what Raby said, go back to so many people, where this same same thing came from, where this same thing goes. You know, like, there's a whole point to this. There's a whole point to, you know, what... What we are and where we came from. And I would never want to lose... It... In the sake of... Everybody wanting to be... At some like new level. And I think... Going back to the lyrics... Again, I'm reading into it, but... I do feel... Like there are people... Who show up in hardcore... They... Say all the right things. They friend all the right people on Instagram and Facebook and whatever else, the Twitters. But their whole goal is the one they'd be sitting backstage behind a barricade pontificating on their time in in, in the underground. And um that's not gonna be for everybody. And um I think that the way to push hardcore forward is to do more things unless it's really bad bands and in fact I'm tired of graffiti logo bands I really want to have a battle of bands where physically the bands have to battle to play a show and I'm, I'm tired of the semantic tough guy hard knock life story stuff, we've got enough of them now, let's 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 go a different direction, you know, I see a lot of kids on the Instagram at Christmas in some big fucking houses, and a lot of kids who have never gotten into a fight, and a lot of kids who never had to worry about not eating a meal, singing some bullshit about how hard their lives are, let's get back to some shit that is not LARPing, and let's focus on some cool shit maybe, I don't know, I love hardcore, I love the variations of it all. It's really, the most interesting thing to me is the perspectives, you know? Some people, some people find some of the most god-awful music and demos from the time when I was coming up to be some of the greatest shit ever and it just befuddles me. And then completely ignore some of the best of that time. And that's where, like, we go back to the YouTube thing. There's so much lost out of context when you just click a button and hear music because you don't know if this band played five shows or 20 shows. My Friends Horror Show, they might have played 25 shows ever. Ever. 25 shows. I mean, it still beats alone the crowd who have now played three shows, but not by much. In fact, there's so many New York hardcore bands that either played every single show or played maybe 40, a scant 30 or 40 shows in five years and broke up. I have demos from bands from Queens that probably never left the boroughs. Might have played North Jersey. Might have played the Pipeline. Maybe went to Long Island and that's it. And so you, you get the context there. You listen to the music, you like it, but don't over aggrandize and like put this these bands on different pedestals and just take it for what it is. I'd like to do an entire episode one day Of just all these demos that I have From that period I mean we talked a little bit about it In the In Effect Hardcore zine and that's another big part of what I was getting into Why I put all these zines up here Is like you do, The best thing about reading zines Whether it, Even if it's uh, Maximum Rock and Roll Which Darren Walters J Tree Great episode we had Gifted me two giant boxes of Maximum Rock and Roll And I've been reading About an issue a week and just different perspectives, the the shrewd ripping up of some of the most cool records and then the support and glare, glowing reviews from bands I've never heard of just because they're probably more DB or, you know, peace punk. Just shows you a, a level of like just perspective that <laughs> cannot be recreated on the internet. I, I would love for someone to have to sit through the process of their band getting ripped up. And I had a joke about making one zine one time where no, no record gets a good review. And just see how the community today would handle the harsh reality of someone not enjoying something. Because on Twitter, if you say something terrible about a band, the legion of supporters come out of the woodwork. And I don't think art can exist without criticism. And I don't think that the underground needs an echo chamber. Now, consequently, on the other side of the fence is I think that there really is a division in hardcore in a lot of directions, as there always has been. But in, in lately, it's, there was a ton of bands who literally just live live in some goofball Mr. T fantasy world where they wear where all their laminates while they're at home and just only want to be on tour with barricades and buses but somehow don't want merch cuts and a band who will write a hardcore record but really their heart is trying to get something bigger and can't wait till they can kind of be like a fake ass oasis or bullshit stone roses Want to be band and I like all that music but I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't go to I wouldn't go to the lengths of calling modern bands that came from hardcore, hardcore bands anymore because musically they're not a hardcore band. Whether there's kids still involved in the scene? Yeah, I mean when they're home and not on tour, sure. But people stopped calling the Beastie Boys a hardcore band a long time ago. And those guys were involved in hardcore for a long time before they were millionaires. And they never really left their roots and we're still seen at CBGB shows and shows in New York City and still very tight with the people of their generation and beyond. It's even the point in the early 90s they wrote like a quick little EP very much in the old style where they came up. But you won't see people kick out. Like, oh yeah, well you know Beastie Boys is a hardcore band. It's like, no they played hardcore shows and then they got really big and then they didn't need to anymore. You know? And, and granted... Remember that, SSD wrote really poor, heavy metal, so many other of our first generation and second generation bands in the 80s, I mean, Jimmy Murphy's Law, who never never makes the time to come on the podcast, but every time he sees me, he says he wants to come on the podcast, he literally toured in a, in a fucking tour bus with Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, hoping to make, make the shit happen and it had all the skills and abilities and when we have them on the show we'll talk about how it ended up not working out for Murphy's Law but how they end up taking out a band called Red Hot Chili Peppers later and look where they went Flea being a, a fucking LA punk from the get go you know still being attached to hardcore no one's calling Red Hot Chili Peppers a hardcore guy you know no one recognizes Dave from Nirvana and Foo Fighters for being a hardcore guy Except for Getter that's that, that's that duality there You know Hardcore people can write some cool hardcore music And then they can write some rock music that's better Or they can make meet some terrible Half ass metal rock Hoping to get big and fail It's happened And there's no right path The only path I think that is right Is to put your ass into something Whether Me, Joe Hardcore is not a fan of it and talks about you on his podcast poorly, or if I extol all your virtues and think it's the greatest thing ever on the podcast, it's irrelevant. What's irrelevant is that you put your ass into it and you took the values and the things that you enjoy and you move forward. And what is excluded from this is internet chatter. Internet chatter isn't content. Now, mind you, I fucking, fucking hate seeing people actually like calling themselves Hardcore punk concrete content creators It's like No You're either adding to the culture Or you're sucking it dry And you're Just here because it's the easiest show to play Anyone can rent a hall and do a show But it's the bands that Can balance the duality of doing both That really Will always have the hearts and minds of the fans And that's the stuff that make legendary bands happen. For me, there is no there is no way for me to or anybody to say this is right and this is wrong. But I do think that we do need to make sure the newer folks who are finding hardcore are still getting the 101 and the 102 one values, the importance of these old things before they go away entirely cuz once we get to a generation where none of this stuff is important anymore, it's over. Then it's And I mean, we're starting to get there now. I, I don't think we're completely there, but we're not far from a point where the people playing this music have no relationship or interest in anything that isn't current or some form of rare one, one-off band that everybody jumps out. And I use, unfortunately, even though I like Kickback... Kickback is a great example. Like a bunch of metalcore... Well, actually just metal kids who don't want to say they're metal kids, so they call themselves metalcore. A bunch of metal metalcore people, metal kids, found Kickback and made their entire identity around them, not knowing anything about the whole background of the band and all these things. And yet, goofily enough, would cancel people for things in their own world. Very fucked up and backwards, but... Young kids are fucked up and backwards, and there's no fixing them. It's only time. That's all I pretty much got. I've been thinking about some of this stuff, and it's really not the probably the thing you were hoping for. But when I think of just all this stuff, I I just want to remind people that, like when I look on the internet, I go, "Oh, that's fucking stupid. That kid's an idiot." Then I go, "Oh, yeah, he's a kid." I think about how dumb I was at 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. I I probably put my foot in my mouth so many times for so fucking long. So I I am not, what is a, um, you without sin cast the first stone. It's like I'm not casting stones and I'm not saying I'm without sin. And I kind of have some empathy, but it's my job to self-appoint a job. To at least say that the smartest thing to do is to put some cool shit out to the world. Put some shit out there that is going to fucking matter. Make it the coolest shit that you can do or the best thing you could do for your first try. You know, without stealing from Andy, without even having him on the show. Failure is not the end of the world. Not doing something that you want to do is failure more important than anything, saying, oh, I really want to do it, but being afraid, that's failure, but, doing something, because you believe in it, or because you like it, or because your 10 closest friends, will think it'll cool, and give you a dollar for a fanzine, that's fucking cool, and that's way more fucking hardcore, and way more in line, with all this shit, than a lot of the silliness, that you see on the Twitter, I'm a little all over this, one, and so I'll cut it short, and just say that, I've got some friends that have been checking on me. I appreciate you. This heat kills me. A lot of stuff at home kills me. But I've got fucking friends. And I've got people that matter. Check in on me. And life is good. We're going to push this shit forward. We've got some really cool shit in Philadelphia. Bob has his FYA. The lineup's fucking fantastic. So many bands have been releasing absolutely epic fucking records. And honestly, 185 Mile South and a slew of other podcasts do a much better job of going over all the brand new records and full reviews. And uh, I they do a much better job than I do, which is why you don't see me do full ass reviews of shit. But when I like something, I post it on this uh, podcast. Or if you want me to put something on this podcast, you can just hit me up. Again... At the end Hardcore is a lot like porn You know when it's porn And you know when it's not And There's going to be some variances Of what people think is pornography And what people think is hardcore And I'm firmly In the place that there's a place for everything But I'm not going to jump Jump up and down for joy And celebrate shit That Is just not In my aesthetics, I'm not going to say it's the stupidest thing in the world to say, I don't don't really think it has anything to do with what I'm up to, or it's not in line with my view of things, or oh, I've seen this already, and none of these things add value to what we're doing, or doesn't retain anybody to be a part of our culture. It just pushes them to the point where they're just doing normal rock band shit and not hardcore punk shit. And I'm not a normal person. I'm not going to go to some fucking goofball show and watch some bands from the 1990s. I'll fucking I, I go to hardcore shows. And the shit that I like, mm, I don't want to celebrate whack shit. That's <laughs> what it comes down to. I'm not going to celebrate whack shit. I think too often people aren't allowed to say that something's whack. And I love fucking with these young kids who listen to this bullshit terrible rock 90s music and jump up and down like oh this is so cool it's like no it was fucking ass and um i've got some cool episodes in the works i've got two halfway done and then i've started interviewing people for a fucking run which i'm hoping to start in three weeks maybe two of just philly we're gonna have like a month or two of just philly it's gonna be fucking fantastic i've been working hard I'm tired of shit. Love you. Thank you guys for letting me rant. Check out these things that are on the artwork. Check out Off The Tracks. Do some cool shit. Do things in the name of real hardcore, not pro-core shit. And honestly, if you're starting a band and your ultimate goal is to be Van Halen, just don't even bother playing a hardcore show. Get yourself a manager. Make yourself some fucking TikTok shit. and, And... and see how hard it is to do it if you don't have to suck off the tit of an underground culture to get there. Because I'm gonna tell you, it's a lot harder when you're not faking it till you make it. And that's the only reason why a lot of these fucking bands are here. Oh well, we could play this show, we could play this role, but as soon as we get bigger, we'll be gone. And honestly, I'll say with a, you know, like Bob said it right, we'll show you the fucking door. Take care make sure to check out tihe podcast for any uh show notes and um, get ready for the FYA announcement support com and Philly shows on Twitter and Instagram and since it is August just get ready cuz fall is going to be packed with shows take care